0: Welcome to Wellness Your Way. I'm your host, Megan Lyons, and I've helped thousands of people find their own way to wellness. Wellness Your Way is an extension of that work, aimed to help you find your unique path to feeling your very best. Each week, we'll go through tactical strategies you can use to improve your health, happiness, and quality of life. So grab a mug of tea or lace up your walking shoes. We're about to dive in. Who welcome. I am so excited for you to hear this episode today, episode 31. I always love hearing that you find the strategies I share helpful and I think there's a lot here to add to your health and your life. On the heels of the protein episode from two weeks ago, I'm reviewing a pretty controversial study that I have just been begging for for years all about whether it's actually red meat that causes health problems. I'm also sharing a free productivity tool and then diving into tons of tips to help you save time, waste less money in food, and not feel so stressed in the kitchen. Then, as always, I'll answer listener Q&A. Let's dive in. It's time for health news you can use, and this is a big one. I am shocked, honestly, that this study isn't getting more attention, but it's a great one all about red meat. If you've heard me talk about red meat before, or you've read my post on red meat, which I'll put in the show notes, you know that I have a giant problem with how studies on red meat have been done in the past. Usually what happens is that the researchers will combine all the qualities of red meat and processed meat. So. They have one group eating like bologna and McDonald's hamburgers and bacon and hot dogs and all this other kind of stuff, and that's the red meat group. And then the other group is eating a healthy plant-based diet. So of course, the former group, the processed meat group, will carry more risk for heart disease. None of those foods that I mentioned are health foods in any way. I've always said that if there were a study with a diet that was high in vegetables and healthy foods and a small amount of good quality unprocessed meat, it would probably be the best. But they keep studying these two really extreme groups and nothing right in the middle. And it turns out that I might be right, which of course makes me happy. <laughs> um, although, let's be honest, I will admit always when I'm wrong, I just don't like it. Uh, but in this case, I'm getting a chuckle out of it. And I'm, I'm super excited to see more data coming out of this study, which was a randomized controlled studies study, which is the best kind, and it was done at Penn State and published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition in April 2021. The only limitation here of this study is that it's a small study. It's only 59 people, but I hope the results will inspire researchers to replicate it. A lot of times with um, nutrition research, they the funding is like super expensive, so they have to start with a small group, and then once they get a result that merits more inquiry, then oftentimes they can get more funding to do a larger scale study. So I'm really hoping that happens here. Uh, What happened in the study was that they had each participant follow one of three diets for four weeks each. Then they took a week break. Then they went to another diet, took a week break, went to the third diet. So each participant did all of the diets, which is really great because it, it means that oh, it wasn't just coincidence that this person, the people in this group, happened to do well with this diet, and so that's why it performed better or whatever. All of the people tested all of the diets, which makes it more reliable, makes the results more reliable. Um, So all three of these diets were Mediterranean-based diets, they all had six or more, more servings of vegetables per day. Yay. You know, that's my favorite. That's the most important aspect of the diet. Six or more servings of vegetables per day, three to six servings of fruit per day, which honestly is higher than I would go, but this is what they did. Um, and lots of healthy fat, especially from olive oil. So the Mediterranean diet is historically really high in olive oil, has so many good um, properties for your heart health, etc. Um, the difference, so that's what all of these had, six or more servings of vegetables, three to six servings of fruit, lots of healthy fat, especially from olive oil. Now, the difference was that they added red meat in various amounts to um, the Mediterranean diet. The Mediterranean diet traditionally doesn't include very much, if any, red meat, um, but in this study they did, which is awesome. Um For one period of the four weeks, they added 0.5 ounces per day, which is basically nothing. That's like, you know, an eighth of the teeniest hamburger ever. Um, Then they added 2.5 ounces per day. Then they added 5.5 ounces per day. So in in different periods of time, 0.5, 2.5, or 5.5 ounces per day. All the meat was lean or extra lean, and it was unprocessed. And what they found is that the LDL cholesterol, which is sometimes called the bad cholesterol, was lowered in all three groups. Even with the addition of red meat in various quantities, their bad cholesterol went down. This is because of the abundance of vegetables and the lack of processed food. It doesn't, the meat intake doesn't preclude those benefits. The vegetables and the lack of processed food are what is reducing the LDL cholesterol. Also, the ApoB, which is a a cholesterol-related particle that's closely linked to risk of cardiovascular disease, that was lowered in all three groups, which is amazing. This is really great news. Now, I will say that the biggest differences, the the, um, biggest benefit of these diets were found for the groups with 0.5 and 2.5 ounces per day. So, as always, you know, I wouldn't recommend going too crazy on red meat. And I totally think you can be very healthy without red meat. I don't think that red meat is by any means necessary for health. I am certainly not one of those people that tells you to eat, you know, bacon for breakfast, burger for lunch, steak for dinner every single day. Absolutely not. Um, I just feel that the red meat has been unfairly demonized because They haven't separated the quality in the past. So um, let's see what else to say. Um, Oh, I I was saying I wouldn't go crazy on red meat, which I still stand by. I've always recommended for most people sticking to about three to four servings per week maximum. And a serving is three ounces. So this is about nine to 12 ounces total per week. That's my personal recommendation. Now, this is pretty aligned with the study's recommendation, which is 17.5 ounces per week. So I would say 12 ounces per week. The study says 17.5 ounces per week. It really depends on the person. And honestly, if you're measuring every single ounce, you're probably, um, uh, you don't need to be any more particular than you already are. Uh, But here's the bottom line. It's not just about the red meat. As long as you're getting good quality, unprocessed lean meat, it's about all the other stuff in your diet. That's what makes the difference. So if you're consuming those six plus servings of veggies per day and very little sugar and very little processed food, and you just want a little good quality red meat in your diet in small quantities a few times per week, go for it and feel good about your health decision. For Megan Recommends, this might win for the most random recommendation ever, which I think I said a couple weeks ago, but I might top it today. It's really something that improves my mental health a lot, which is why I want to pass it along to you. It's a free service called Unroll.me, Unroll.me, and it's designed to make your inbox more manageable. By the way, I just feel the need to say I am not compensated for any of these Megan Recommends products. This is really just what i'm loving every single week when i record the podcast i will let you know if far down in the future i am compensated for these but for now it's just things that come to mind that i'm really loving um so unroll.me i use this for my personal email and what it does is take all of your subscriptions and roll them up into one daily email so if there are subscriptions that you just haven't unsubscribed from because They have that once a year really awesome sale or you might want to read this email or whatever crazy tricks our mind plays on us. You can just roll all of these emails up instead into one daily email. So you don't have to unsubscribe. You just roll them up. I get this email and honestly, it gives me so much peace of mind that about half the time I don't even open it, which is fine by me um, because probably the only things I roll up are things that I don't need. Um, And then the other half the time, I can just skim through and see what's there. And it just makes me so much happier not having dozens of junk emails coming into my inbox every day. So you can sign up for free. Unroll.me is the website. I hope that helps out. For the veggies of the matter today, we're going to talk about getting creative in the kitchen. And this is maybe the opposite of what you think. It's not about making something fancy, Pinterest-worthy, that takes three hours of time in the kitchen. That's not what I mean by getting creative. I mean kind of getting scrappy in the kitchen. And the content for today comes from a blog post that I wrote in April of last year, 2020, when the pandemic was just getting real. um, And people were reducing their trips to the grocery store there were shortages of all kinds of things from chicken to frozen vegetables to whatever. And so I wanted to encourage people to just get scrappy with what they had. And that's what I'm going to encourage you to do today as well. Um, before I get into the actual kitchen tips, I want to talk about the most important key to getting creative in the kitchen. It is a mindset shift. This is is critical because so many of my clients, so many of the people I talk to, when they start working on their health and they start cooking more at home and all of this stuff, they just get in the mindset that everything has to be fancy. And I need that mindset to shift. Rather than thinking that you need all kinds of specific herbs and unique ingredients and all this stuff to make a fancy recipe you saw on Pinterest, try just shifting to gratitude for what you have Try working on flexibility to go with the flow. Try being open to experiment. Try realizing, and I know this is fighting words for some, these are fighting words for some people. Try realizing that every meal doesn't have to be your favorite thing that you've ever eaten in your life. I am not telling you to eat food that you hate. I am not telling you to not enjoy your food. I'm just telling you that. For a random Tuesday night dinner when you just finished work and you're at home and you want to hang out with the kids or unwind or do whatever, like if it's healthy and it's quick and it tastes pretty good, that's basically it. It doesn't have to be your favorite meal ever. So that mindset shift of just gratitude and flexibility and openness to experiment and a little bit of released pressure that every meal has to be amazing that's going to serve you so much as you're cooking more. Truly, what's the worst thing that happens if you don't follow a recipe and you just try to experiment? Maybe it's not the tastiest meal you've ever had. Well, you know what? There are worse problems in the world. If it nourishes you and you learn something and it it gave you a fun time or it saved you time or whatever, let's just go with it. One of my very, very old, not Not he's old, but uh, a long time ago, I took a nutrition class from a teacher who used to encourage people to burn the rice. He kept saying, burn the rice, burn the rice. And his point was, people get so fearful of cooking. Even something as simple as rice, like how much liquid, what temperature, when should I stir it, how often should I stir it, all this kind of stuff that they never even try. But the worst thing that happens is you end up eating some burnt rice and it'll be fine. So uh, I really just encourage you to release some pressure on yourself, get creative, try to get a little bit less picky, um, and appreciate the food that you have to nourish yourself. All right. So... um, A first big set of tips is just to think about a meal in terms of blocks. This will allow you to create a meal with whatever you have on hand. If you just have one thing from each of these blocks, then you're fine. You can throw together a creative meal. The way that people usually think of the meal to start out with is the protein. And now I just talked to you about how red meat wasn't evil, but I actually still Um, I am focused on the veggies and always believe that the first blocks of the meal, blocks plural, of the meal should be veggies. So we start with the veggies. As we're planning our meal, what veggies am I going to include? That's the most important. And now think to yourself how often you do that. Probably not that often. You probably start with the protein and the veggies are an afterthought, but I need you to start with the veggies to make sure that we're prioritizing those. Fresh is always my favorite, but frozen veggies are great. Even canned veggies, if you need to go for that, that's my least favorite option, but that's fine. So start with the veggies. Aim to include two types of veggies with each meal. And then you can work on the protein. If you have chicken or high quality red meat, or you have a can of beans, or you have a can of tuna, or you have lentils, whatever you have, great. Let's have that be the block for protein. And then based on those veggies and the protein source that you're combining, then you work on the flavoring. So I often do something as simple as like olive oil, salt, and pepper. But if you want a little more flavoring, there are several go-to combinations that I traditionally stick with. And they all also have healthy fat, which is great to keep you full for longer. So one combination is salsa and avocado. That's like more of a Mexican flair to the dish. Um, if, you, if cheese works for you, you could add cheese there, but salsa and avocado to start out. Another flavor combination is like tomato sauce and uh, Parmesan cheese or nutritional yeast or something like that, and then basil and oregano. Another one would be spices like cumin, things like that, maybe a dash of cayenne, maybe some pepper, and then just simply some ghee or butter and some salt and pepper. Another one would be lemon juice and pepper and avocado or olive oil, so like lemon pepper seasoning style. Another one would just be balsamic vinegar or apple cider vinegar with olive oil. Another one might be coconut milk with cumin and curry powder for more of a curry, maybe some turmeric in there. And then a last one would be like soy sauce or coconut aminos if you don't do soy sauce with some minced ginger and some minced garlic. So you can come up with whatever uh, flavor combinations work for you that have that add some flavor and ideally some healthy fat as well. And that's your third block. So you start with your veggies, you then go with your protein, and then you add the flavor. Now, if you're super active or if a starch works for you, you could also add an optional block of a starch like potatoes or rice or parsnips or quinoa or something like that, but that block is optional. So if you think of making a meal just with those simple blocks, let me walk you through a few meals you could have made with that. You could make fajita bowls with cauliflower rice, with cumin and ghee and salt and pepper and topped with ground beef or turkey and some roasted broccoli, salsa, and avocado. That's a nice fajita bowl that you could have just started by saying, okay, I got this bag of cauliflower rice, I got some broccoli, I have some ground beef in the freezer. What do I do? Boom, you have a nice fajita bowl. Or you could do a makeshift curry with a bag of frozen veggies, a can of chickpeas, a can of coconut milk, some cumin and curry powder and turmeric, something like that. You can always do a salad with whatever veggies you can find and whatever protein you have. I like to make kind of like a chicken Parmesan in a bowl with a bunch of roasted veggies, whatever I have on hand, and then some baked chicken, some tomato sauce, basil and oregano, and some Parmesan cheese or nutritional yeast. You could always make a stir fry, whatever veggies you have on hand. Saute them up with some lentils, some coconut aminos, some ginger. You could always make lettuce wraps. If you have the actual lettuce wraps on hand, then anything. I put any kind of protein and veggie leftovers into lettuce wraps. That makes it more fun to eat. So the list really goes on and on, and I won't talk ad nauseum about the specific options. But just think of those blocks and learn to get creative with what you have on hand that way. A couple extra tips to use what you have and not to waste food um, first of all, before I go grocery shopping every single week, I list what I have. I make a physical list on paper of everything I have in the refrigerator that needs to get used, everything that I want to use from my pantry, maybe one thing from the freezer so I keep things on a rotation. And doing this just um prevents me from having those cans in the pantry that lit last for five years or whatever. Or having, you know, freezer burn stuff in the freezer, all of that kind of um, thing that can that can technically stay pres- preserved, but we don't want to keep there forever. Plus, I don't waste food. Everything that is in the fridge that needs to get used or, or on the counter that needs to get used goes on my list. So that's what I start with when I do my meal plan. And then I do something called fridge foraging. So um, this is just like, okay, here's my list. This is what I have in the fridge. I'm going to be creative. I'm going to make it a game fridge foraging. Let's see what I can do, what creative thing I can make based on this stuff. I used to love the show Chopped. I still do love the show Chopped. I just don't watch it as much. And the contestants on that show make a dish out of super random ingredients. And I like to do that too. So okay, I have the this can of tuna and cauliflower and soy sauce. What am I going to do with it? Oh, cool. A stir fry or lettuce wraps whatever it is, you fridge forage, you just get creative. And then after you use up those ingredients on your meal plan um, in a creative way, then you can meal plan for other stuff, things that you need to uh, buy, things that you need to add in. The next tip here is to just try not to be picky. I hate wasting food. Hate, 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 hate wasting food. Um, So this one comes more naturally to me but get a little flexible with yourself. Things that aren't at the very, very peak of their freshness are still fine to eat. If something's a little wilted, it'll be great in a stir fry. Or if your uh, produce is on the verge of going bad, toss it in a smoothie or freeze it to use it in a smoothie later. If your carrots are a little wimpy, something like that, make a soup. Use things, even if they're not at the peak of their ripeness. Um, Don't feel like if it's not super, super fresh, it goes in the trash. We waste so much food. Over 25% of food that is grown, that is um, fit for consumption is wasted in the U.S., and that's really sad. In order to to do this, I always store food with the freshest in the back. So I drive my husband crazy because We both eat avocados and uh, many other things that we share as well, but avocados as an example. So I usually store avocados on the counter, and then as soon as they are ripe, I put them in the fridge. But I have a very specific rotation because I really feel strongly that the avocados that are ripest should be in the front and then we should only choose that one. So if he chooses one from the back, I'm like, I don't really get mad at him, but I'm like, you didn't follow the rotation. So we do that with vegetables too. The freshest or the things that are oldest or most ripe, those always are in the front to make sure they're easier to grab. Always use your freezer, toss things in there when they're at risk of uh, going bad. And then last tip here is to keep, if you do have um, a uh, schedule where you're cooking at night, you're cooking the meal, the dinner fresh that you want to eat that night or that you will eat that night, then keep two plates in the fridge. So this will help if you don't follow a meal plan to always have something defrosting. The first plate in front is for tonight's protein, what you're going to eat tonight. And then the plate in the back is for the following night's protein. So when you take that protein, they're defrosting in the fridge. When you take that protein out of the front plate and you cook it, then you move the back one to the front and then you put another thing in the back. So you always have this rotation of defrosting things um, and that way you don't waste food and you'll always be ready to go. I hope these tips help you out. I would love to hear how you're getting creative in the kitchen and loosening up a little bit, taking some pressure off, and uh, learning to waste less food. Last up, it's time for listener Q&A. The first one comes from Brittany. She says, do greens powders count as vegetables as I'm trying to increase my veggie consumption? kind of yes and no, Brittany. The first answer or the, the overarching explanation is we eat veggies for two main reasons. First is for the nutrient quality, the micronutrients, the vitamins, the minerals, the antioxidants, the phytochemicals, all of this amazing stuff that's good for our body, our energy level, our hormones, etc. And then also for the fiber. The fiber is good for our heart health, our digestion, our satiety. All of that kind of stuff is benefiting, is a uh, benefits from the fiber. And a greens powder has all the benefits from the first. The nutrients are largely intact. Uh, You get a lot of the nutrients from a greens powder, but you don't get the fiber. So you won't get the digestive benefits. You won't get the heart health benefits. You won't get the benefit of feeling full from eating your veggies. So I do give you bonus points for uh, consuming a greens powder, but it's not the same as eating your veggies. I really believe we need to eat our veggies first and then greens powder can be an addition. So I add greens powder when I'm traveling, if I need an afternoon pick-me-up that I don't want coffee, something like that. Or just if I you know, haven't gotten enough servings of vegetables in per day, maybe I've eaten Seven and my goal is eight, I'll slip a greens powder in in the afternoon. So the vast majority of what I eat is, or what I consume is actual eaten vegetables, uh, but then I'll use a greens powder as an addition. I will put links to two greens powders that I like in the show notes. Last question for today comes from Amanda. She says, I hate yoga, but I know it's good for me. Any suggestions on where to start? Um, Amanda, I used to hate yoga too, to be honest. And same thing. I knew it was good for me. I didn't know where to start, but I had to get rid of the mindset that a workout has to be super sweaty, panting out of breath, feel like my heart's beating out of my chest. And let's be honest, I still love those workouts. I do, but they're not the best for my body every single day. I do need at least a day, ideally more when I'm doing something more restorative like yoga, walking, something like that. And the other benefit I realized is that I get injured way less when I'm doing yoga at least once a week. So I went into it appreciating the benefits. And then when I took the pressure off, I wasn't worried about the calories burned or whatever because honestly, yoga burns a lot less calories than going for a run or something like that. But when I realized that wasn't the point, the point was for my mental health and my injury prevention and all of that, then it magically became a lot less fun. So uh, depending on where you live, Amanda, there are probably pre- plenty of amazing local yoga classes. If you're looking for something virtual, I could not more highly recommend Yoga with Adrian. It's A-D-R-I-E-N-E. Um, her yoga classes are all on YouTube. She has Thousands. They are incredible quality. They are great for all levels. She is um, uh, non judgmental. She makes you feel great about where you are. They're short, they're like 20 minutes, probably on average. Some are longer, 60 minutes, some are really short. Um, but she has such an abundance of options, and I really, really recommend that. I will put a link to Yoga with Adrian in the show notes. And then if even that feels like a bit much right now, just set a 5- or 10-minute timer and just stretch. Don't even worry about, quote, doing it right. Just stretch. Get on the floor, roll around, stretch whatever feels good. Don't put pressure on yourself. Just stretch for 5- or 10 minutes and start there. See how you feel, and then you can build from there. Thanks for your question. Last up is your call to action, and it's a simple one for today. All I want you to do is ask yourself if you've been making the kitchen too complicated. If you're doing things that truly don't serve you and you're trying to overanalyze a recipe or use all the fancy ingredients or whatever, challenge yourself this week to make a list of all the things in your fridge and your pantry that you want to use up. Do some fridge foraging, get creative, play that chopped game, and then make it as easy as possible on yourself this week. I hope you loved this week's podcast episode as much as I did, and I can't wait to be in your earbuds next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of Wellness Your Way with Megan Lyons. I always love connecting with listeners, so be sure to follow me on social media. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss brand new episodes each week. If you love Wellness Your Way, please leave us a rating and review. I appreciate it so much. Stay well, and I'll be back next week. The Wellness Your Way podcast is provided for information only and should not be misconstrued as medical advice. Please consult with your physician or otherwise qualified practitioner on any matters regarding your health and well-being or on any opinions expressed within this podcast or the LionShare website.